I don't think anybody thought that they'd be doing this kind of work when they joined the Army. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Adam Morton, and you're listening to the Canadian Army Podcast. On this episode, soldiers on the front line of the fight against COVID-19. Sergeant Bridget O'Driscoll has been a member of the Canadian Armed Forces since January 2013. She's with the Royal Montreal Regiment, and she joined seven years ago as a reservist in the infantry. Since then, she's been serving as a door gunner at 438 Squadron for the past year and a half. For the past three weeks, she hasn't been in her civilian job as a firefighter with the Hudson Fire Department. Instead, she's been working in one of Montreal's long-term care homes. Sergeant O'Driscoll is one of more than 1,000 Canadian Armed Forces members deployed on Operation Laser in the province of Quebec. We are with her through the magic of the internet in sunny Montreal. Hi, Sergeant. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. I'm great. Thanks for coming on. Okay, so, you know, first things first, you're on Op Laser. What is Op Laser and what are you doing there right now? So Operation Laser was the Canadian Armed Forces response to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, which is happening right now. I don't think any of us knew what we were going into at first. It was to have troops stand by in case what the government needed any troops to get involved in anywhere. I think for a lot of us, we thought at first that we'd be dealing with the floods, especially in Quebec, based on 2017, 2019. But uh, that quickly transitioned to the Quebec government asking for help with the uh, long-term housings here in Quebec, which uh, CHSLDs, as we call them here, which is Centre Hospitalier uh, Soins Longue Durée. So for the French people out there, so that's <laughs> yeah. what we're doing right now. And so what does your day-to-day involve when you're there? So basically we, we have three uh, different shifts that we have to work on. So uh, we have a day shift, which will start at 7 in the morning and go until 3. We have an evening shift that will go from 3 to 2300. And then we have a night shift that will go from 2300 to 0700. Uh, we'll be asked to do anything that is needed, basically. So that could include scrubbing down the hallways, cleaning the rooms, uh, restocking medical supplies, doing the inventory of medical supplies. And then some other teams are assigned to uh, patient care. So we have uh, medical teams that are attached with our platoon, and we have uh, people from our platoon attached to them to care for the elderly. So that could include feeding them, uh, moving them during the night so they don't get bed sores, uh, just making sure that their overall health is uh, good to go. So you're talking about patient care, and usually that's something that's like pretty specialized task. What kind of pre-deployment training or uh, mission-specific training did you receive to kind of prepare for these tasks? So first it was a lot of online training as we were all sitting at home. So uh, D&D Learn was big. Uh, basically started off with basic PPE lessons on uh, what the military was adopting as PPE uh, to be used in the centers, what measures they were adopting for force protection. And then we had a two-day in-person course. So the first day was held in uh, Saint-Jean with uh, military members. They gave us training on mental resilience to kind of prepare us for what we might be facing in these CHSLDs. It also included things such as how to basically care for the elderly, but very basic. So things to keep in mind when you're dealing with the elderly that may not affect people who are younger, such as uh, rolling them, again, to avoid bed sores, which most of us don't have to worry about, but that, at that age with the skin that they have is a big issue. Things to take into consideration when we're feeding them, so they can't eat like uh, some of us do, so they have to eat their food in different ways. Uh, everything that, you know, stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think about, but they kind of made us aware of that. The second day was with the civilians, so it was given by the Red Cross, and that was more in-depth into actually caring for these people in these centers. Wow, that's like, that's a pretty elaborate, in-depth kind of training. Yeah, well, it was it was done 
quite rapidly, I would say, two days. Uh, a lot of these people that work in these centers go through a lot more training, but uh, it really allowed us to get a basic knowledge of what we were going to be doing and to make us feel more prepared for it. And we've been learning on the job as a lot as well with the PABs, so Préposés aux Bénéficiaires, which are the uh, orderlies that work in these places. Uh, they've been helping us out a lot with the training and the on-the-job training, so we've, we've been learning a lot on the job as well. So throughout this whole thing, where have you guys been living? Uh, we've been living at a hotel downtown Montreal, so uh, our room has now become uh, our houses, basically. So if we're not on shift, we're in our hotel rooms trying to pass the time. And that's just to, to avoid either us getting COVID or just spreading it in case we do have it. Just try to minimize those risks. So as with any deployment or, or military task, um, especially for long term Soldiers adapt to the situation in unique and interesting ways. How's morale and how are you guys maintaining morale over there? Honestly, that's been a big leadership challenge for myself as a, a platoon 2IC, a platoon second in command. Just having to change all the way I do, uh, well, just the way I do my job, the way I lead the troops. It's very hard to lead troops when they're all locked away in their rooms. And I don't see all of, uh, most of them during the day, right? So if they're not on my shift, I'm not seeing the night shift. I'm not really seeing the evening shift. So... It's been an interesting challenge leadership-wise, but the guys are doing good. You know, they talk to the guys that are on their shifts. They can share after their shifts. We often have uh, quick AARs after action reviews after the day to kind of go over stuff that might have happened during the day, how they're feeling, how something might have affected them. You know, it's the military. We're, we're used to sticking together, so even though we're in our rooms, uh, you know, FaceTiming, texting, emails, I guess. So the guys are doing good overall. We're, we're happy to be here and helping out the people in need. You know, this is not a typical task that the Army would necessarily expect to be involved in. Granted, the Army is pretty adaptable in general, but are they handling this situation well? Are the soldiers adapting pretty well to the, the change in pattern of life? I think so. We're so used to being thrown into different kind of situations. Obviously, I don't think anybody thought that they'd be doing this kind of work when they joined the Army. But at the end of the day, we all joined to serve Canadians in need, and that's what we're doing. It might not be in the way we thought we would be doing it, but uh, what we're doing is having an effect, and, and we can see the effect that we're having, so that's good for morale, too. It's rewarding work, even though it's challenging and it's tough work. You know, and I'm glad you said that, because one of the thoughts that I had as we were going into this interview was, why is what you're doing, why does it matter? Well, this matters because these are the people that built the society that we live in. If they weren't here, we wouldn't be here either. And they're Canadians just like everybody else. Doesn't matter what kind of state they're in or, you know, they've had their lives and they need some dignity and some compassion as they're nearing the end of that life. And we're just happy to be here to offer that to them and help out the, the civilian staff as well who've been going through a very tough time in less than ideal conditions. So it's not even just about helping the elderly, but helping out the staff in these centres as well. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people are going through tough times in this particularly, you know, challenging environment. I'm sure that you're facing a lot of challenges over there. But in addition to that, like, surely you've had some good experiences. What are your memorable moments from going through this whole process? I think just the, the gratification that the, the staff are, are showing. I think every time we come into work, they're like, oh, thank you for coming. You know, you guys are making a big difference. And we can tell that we're making a difference too, just the, the way that we can help the staff clean the center more. It's a lot cleaner since we've been there because the staff has been overloaded. They've been trying to do as best they can, but it's very hard for them to do it when there's one person per floor to clean every single room, every single hallway, you know. Just the, the little thank yous that we get continuously throughout the day from the staff and even from the people living in these centers. It's, uh, it's a morale boost and, you know, it shows that we are making a difference.
I'm going to go back to a comment you made earlier on, and you talked about being a Platoon 2 IC, uh, that's second in command for people who may not be aware. For you, how many soldiers are you taking care of as part of this whole process? So right now I have 25 uh, people from my regiment, the Royal Montreal Regiment, and we have a group of seven people attached to us, seven medical members. So they're not necessarily med techs. We have some dentists. We have a physiotherapist with us, but they're considered to be our medical team. So they're the ones dealing with the uh, care of the patients primarily, uh, care of the elderly primarily. So uh, 33 people total. Wow. And it's interesting you mentioned the diversity too, because a lot of people think army and guns and stuff like that, but there's actually a broad spectrum of jobs and trades. And now here they all are working together in an environment that, uh, you know, not even typically associated with army work, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said, for the dentist in our group, for example, I mean, this is not the kind of work he's been trained to do, but everybody's just adapting and, and making it work. So tell us, when did you get there and how long you've been working there? So we actually deployed to our hotel uh, on May 11th. Uh, we're here until further notice. We don't have an official end date yet, uh, basically until whenever the military decides it's time to, to withdraw or when the government decides that they don't need us anymore. So when that will be, I'm not sure, but we're ready to serve until, uh, until needed. So is there anybody you want to give a shout out to since, uh, you know, we're broadcasting all over the world right now? Uh, my family back at home and uh, I guess uh, the Hudson Fire Department as well, my civilian job, who have been nothing but open about letting me uh, take a leave of absence for a couple months and come out and work here. That's awesome. I love it. Is there any last points you want to throw out there before we wrap things up? No, just uh, thanks for having me on. We're glad to be making a difference and uh, I'm glad to be able to share what the kind of work that we're doing uh, with uh, Canadians and fellow Army members, military members. You know what? And and it really sounds like you're actually making a difference. Like when you were talking about some of the cleaning and all that stuff, taking care of the elderly is a particular challenge in this environment. And I don't think there's any better way that we can serve Canada by providing that kind of service in an emergency. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're here to help Canadians in time of need, and uh, that's what we're doing. Thanks a lot for coming on, Sergeant, and stay safe out there. That was Sergeant Bridget O'Driscoll from the Royal Montreal Regiment, and this is the Canadian Army Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the Canadian Army on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay tuned for upcoming episodes.